everyone, this is Chris. You're listening to the Dad Regime Podcast. This is what we are calling a bank show. We actually recorded this episode about a month ago, maybe a little more, and we've been saving it for a time when we haven't been able to get in the studio, which is now. Uh, so keep that in mind if uh, dates and things like that come up, that this is uh, a few weeks old now. And also we have Pretty Cheeses uh, with their new song Mushroom at the end of the show. Not a happy topic, the one we're talking about today. We're starting off with uh, depression statistics. Uh, but good conversation, I thought it was anyway. Uh, I hope you like it. light of a very serious topic that we haven't even started yet no the um what is, is it i thought it was is it being blue or feeling Be- blue is blue? that the charity beyond that beyond blue. beyond blue sorry yeah i got it wrong my <laughs> yeah let's start again yeah Chris, right, are, so you there beyond, was a, are you beyond blue are you well, i'm feeling kind of shade of teal <laughs> that's because you went to the football <laughs> um i read a research article last week uh which i do a lot but yeah. this one stood out because uh, it provided some. Oh fuck you! <laughs> Sorry, I was just what thinking. I was a, I'm so glad you did because that's the only way I do my research is by what you tell me. <laughs> like it saves me reading so much. Every time I come in here, I'm like, oh yeah, I, I can quote that. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> yeah, good. Um, so uh, it was a, this was a, a long long-term study so 7,000 people participated in this study in, in Europe so and, and over um, the ages between the ages of 10 to 20 something so it was a you know very comprehensive and it was about depressive symptoms so when people experience depressive symptoms um, and it concluded that for most people their depressive symptoms peak at about age 20 which yeah I guess that seems reasonable um, or not surprising, I guess that you know, at, at um, you know, hitting adulthood, that yeah, lack of direction, lack um, of experiencing the real world, moving on, you yeah. know, that that seemed to make sense. But what I found really interesting is that they also determined that the age at which depressive symptoms escalate quickest uh, occurs in females at thirteen point seven years of age and in males at 16.4 years of age. And I just thought there was interesting data because of what children are doing at those ages that might be influencing those. Yeah. So could you just that repeat result. those numbers? They, the So the age at which depressive symptoms escalate quickest. Right. So not necessarily the peak, but the point at which that seems to... Uh, increase yep. at, at its highest rate for females is 13.7 years of age and for males is 16.4 years of age 
16. So for the females there, 13.7, you're talking starting high school. Year eight, year nine. Year eight, school. year nine, middle school. Yeah. And the thing that I immediately, uh, my thoughts immediately went to was social media. Yeah. It's interesting, uh, like, how long the um, research has been done for, mm. because that was immediate, that was my thoughts as well. Mm. I mean, you know, we're, we're even noticing that in younger than 13 yeah. years old. Yeah. You know, the importance on getting likes mm. on your Instagram account once you put it on in the morning and, and kids coming into school and, and in tears because they didn't get more than five mm. and then refusing to talk to other students throughout the day because they didn't like it immediately. Um, I mean, year eight, year nine. Really? Yes, it, yeah, it happens. Yeah. Wow. Not specifically this year. I haven't had it this year with, with any of my students, but I know certainly in the past that even at a year five level. Wow. wow. So nine and ten. Do you, see, do you get that too? Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and this this expectation of, of having the social media and, and not being um, appreciated, not being approved... I think of young girls at that point in time mm. being put into middle school, which has its own issues. Yeah. You know, let's we take kids at their most creative, at their highest, you know, brain power, and we give them the most dullest, boring things to do for the next however many years. Yeah, but Joel isn't here to, um, <laughs> to dispute that. Um, but then hormones, physical changes. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a difficult age at the best of times, and you throw social media on top of that as a layer. It it, it doesn't surprise me at all that for for females, thirteen point seven years is a dramatic fork in the road in terms of yeah, um, for sure. depressive symptoms. I, I think I say it, and again to go back from some experience that I've had in in the past with with teaching different ages. From uh, with a lot of girls, especially in the last few years, from the age of about yeah 10, 10 or eleven, you can see that beginning to escalate. Mm. That real consciousness of self and worth. Mm. Um, not obviously not in every single um, girl or every single student. You don't you don't get that. Um, but yeah, I think you can see how that would escalate. And I think perhaps as well, you know, you go to year seven, you've just come out of your you know your, your primary school or whatever or Ah, your junior school, and I don't know. Maybe you've still got some of the same mates. I know. I know specifically for me, year eight and year nine was a big change because year seven you kind of just hooked into what you knew. Mm. You stuck with the people that you'd known for the previous <laughs> twelve years of your life or whatever. Especially coming from a small village like like we did, and then slowly but surely over that first year, a lot changes in terms of friendships. You know, a lot of people discover new friendships and new people that. Um, that they, they, they've not had before um, and I suppose yeah it's it's probably very difficult to speak from the perspective of a 13 year old girl I find it hard it's, it's got Pete 13 year old girl you know how to perspective <laughs> <laughs> sorry are you with us this evening Pete I, 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 I am with you yeah, I was Google just, searching I, I was I was just looking up something that I was reading a, a long time ago about this and, and I can't find it I apologise. Um, I think... Yes, I agree because... Um, <laughs> sorry, you agree? You have a good perspective from a 13-year-old girl? No, 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 sorry. I was thinking about it in terms of um, because I'm so used to dealing with kids 
at a certain age, yeah. there is that gap where I've, yeah, I, okay, like so I've got nieces and things yeah. like that who are getting their age and it's like, hey, how are you? Yeah, not bad. And that's all I've got. Yeah. I've got you know? Yeah, I think that's, that's a really, not to use a pun in a serious conversation, that's a really depressing start, yeah. start isn't it? Yeah. That it's at that yeah. young that people are starting to feel that. And you wonder whether it has, has that been standard across well, the, the more, decades. I mean, alarming uh, fact from that research is that depressive symptoms begin or can uh, 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 can be evident from the age of ten. Yeah, like that's the earliest that they've. But we see kids. Them. We get to see kids with high anxiety at school, yeah. and that's and that's got yeah. to be the the precursor, doesn't it? Well, they are. They go. I mean, depression and anxiety go, I think go it's hand a, in hand in a lot of situations. It's good information for parents to know, though, because you could do preemptive strategies Measures. knowing that at that point in time things are likely to escalate yeah mm. especially if you have a child who has demonstrated depressive symptoms previously that all of a sudden that middle school age is going to present issues that are likely to escalate those symptoms yeah and it's it's probably again having not had any experience personally of having a daughter for a start, but a, a child of that age, you sort of get the impression as well that that's the age at which there is a bit of separation with parents. You know, they start becoming a bit more of an adult, start wanting more of their own time, becoming more independent, not spending as much time with you. And you often have the realisation that your parents are wrong about some things too. <laughs> Lots or of things. that you start to actually disagree with some yeah. of the things that they... You know, that's the age where you do start to form your own opinions about stuff. Yeah. And it's the also that time when um, the, the value you have in terms of who you want to get your social feedback from mm. is a massive change mm. from your parents to teachers... And that yeah. sort of thing too. And then there's that switch to, I want it from the social group. And you want to hope that the social group has got the and in, moral. And in an environment mm. that is the most unlike the rest of your life than anything else will ever be. You know, if you think about high school as the least representative moment of your life in terms of what the rest of your life will be like. Yeah. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't really prepare you socially for things that even it's that that you know that's my opinion yeah and i think as well i think when we when we blame social media or at least use it as a as an excuse for some of this behavior it's it's not just the the personal stuff so i don't don't think it's specifically that that girl didn't like my post so i don't like Mm. her and so you go into that but it's it's this it's something that's been around for a long time it's nothing new but this whole body image yeah. that goes as well you know the yeah. expectation which is you know hammered by things like instagram yeah you know when you get onto instagram and that's your main focus is every page that you're getting is fashion and fitness yeah and makeup and jewelry and everything is just beautiful and perfect and, and the best amazing the best 60 seconds of someone's day you know that's all that's all you get on the social media feed is the best 60 seconds yeah. that someone had that day the best yeah. 60 seconds that they look the best event the best you know that's all you're getting or you're getting what someone what they wants, wants you to think, to think, to think is, was their best it. so yeah. for for you know for children it's an impossible thing to have context for yeah. i found what i was looking for <laughs> 
Finally. It's an interview with them. It's not exactly the one that I was reading, but it's the interview with Sean Parker, who was um, the first president of Facebook and one of its founding members. Right. And how he's now a conscientious objector um, to... Uh, so to so he, well, he, he considers himself a conscientious objector of social media, and he since and since he no longer holds any ties to the company, he had no qualms in admonishing it. And he goes on to say that um, Parker continued to elaborate, calling Facebook a social validation feedback loop. Features such as likes and comments were created as a way to suck people deeper into the site and into the loop. Yeah. Parker and how do you pronounce it, Zuckerberg? Zuckerberg, Zuckerberg, Zuckerberg knew they were exploiting a flaw in the human psyche in order to increase their exposure in business, yet, according to Parker, they did it anyway. Parker states that the addicting and validating nature of Facebook literally changes your relationship with society and with each other. And with 2 billion currently actively uh, currently active users worldwide, Parker worries about the future, specifically whether or not social media giants like Facebook have had a major impact on human productivity and development. And he goes on. Like... Yeah, I think, I mean, it, it is easy to point the finger at a lot of those things and say it's all about that validation and that, you know, approval from, from others, which which does obviously have a, a massive impact. But there's obviously underlying elements to that statistic and to that fact as well that, you know, yes, that's involved. But as you were talking about from the parental side of things, yes, it's difficult to be a parent of a teenager, I imagine. Um, and we'll ask Joel the next time he's in. <laughs> um, but you know that that, that that starts somewhere. It's not necessarily always going to start just with that. We can't just go, okay, well, it's Facebook and it's Instagram. Yeah, it's going to be a huge chunk of it. Mm. But there's there's obviously something else going on there for for young mm. people that that is impacting them even, even further. Yeah, that's right. It's not as if depression started in 2007 with the, with Facebook. No, exactly. No, 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 no that's no. right. <clears throat> but there, there certainly does seem to be, and I don't, don't have any evidence of it other than uh, you know, hearing people talk and people write about the fact that it seems as though depression and anxiety in children is escalating, mm. that our, this, the current generation of and children And there can be a correlation be, made with and those. There's a, well, there's a, there's a correlation because of the time yeah. that social media has become... Uh, prevalent whether there's a causation effect i you know would be debatable but there's certainly correlation so then with the statistics you gave us at the beginning would you then put the later onset in males down to what has normally been just standard a given that boys mature later well that was one of the suggested reasons Mm. for the difference yeah. in the in the research that that because girls do seem to mature uh, faster that that could be a reason why they're having um, the uh, developing a sense of self earlier yeah. as well so it's not just physical maturation it's also uh, yeah, the psychological maturation mm-hmm. so that could be part of it I also wonder though whether part of it is for boys how is as a teenage boy your life doesn't really change much between the age of 12 and 16 no. Yeah, you're pretty much doing the same shit, right? I mean, you, you're either playing sport, you're playing video games, you, you don't, you know, you're listening to music. You're not. There's not much that changes, but at that age of sixteen or seventeen, that's when the high school experience starts to wrap up, yeah. and the thought of what am I going to do next, 
who am I as a man? How do I measure myself? That seems to be a much more logical turning point in, you know, in terms of developing that sense of self for boys yeah. than earlier than it does for girls. I think it's also about, um, I don't want to put my foot in it here, but you know, this, the, the social structures that boys have revolve a lot around a group of boys that just kind of joke together and the, there's sort of a hierarchy. I don't know. I don't, I'm not saying this right. It's, it's that, you know, like when I was in high school, we just went out and kicked the footy mm. until I was 16. Mm. It was, that's, that's what we did. Mm. We didn't sit in a circle and natter about everything. Mm. We, or what, not saying that that's what all girls do, right? But like, we didn't really sit down and kind of... You didn't have to have an opinion on a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, like... Other than the sports results. Other than, yeah. yeah. It but was I, simpler. For, I, don't I know. think it's simpler then, but I think some of that can be put no, but down I don't think it, I don't think that's changed much, though. That's what I mean, and I think that's reflected in that data. See, I don't think that's changed. That for the average 14-year-old boy, they're pretty much doing the same thing. That they're not having to form opinions and stuff about themselves or the world at 14 because they are just going and shooting hoops at lunchtime and doing whatever it is that they do because that's still, for that age group, is still the predominant social activity. Yeah, and, you know, and I think maybe even that 16-year-old time is where a lot of boys probably drop out of sport as well, and I wonder whether there is some something there where they're not getting the same exercise, the same oxygen through their brain. Because I, I dropped off from a lot of sports when I sort of hit that 16-year-old. You know, like I was playing sport, every sport, mm. after school, even if it, if it wasn't an organised sporting activity, I was still outside kicking the footy or doing some sort of sporting thing till the sun went down. And then I got to a certain age and I was like, well, I just didn't do that level of activity anymore as well. I wonder whether there's some correlation there or whether there's been some studies about that. Yeah. It'd be interesting as well within, in regards to that, you know, you talk about dropping out of sport, but in terms of school life as well, you know, at 16 or 17, making that choice about further education, mm. you know, where do you go from that point? I wonder how many of those individuals continued their, their education, you know, yeah. to 18 or beyond. Yeah. Um, because I, th I think there is a massive um, part of that. I think, as, as you said, you know, there's such a um, an attitude when you're male. I know it doesn't work for every single example, as we've said a few times this evening. Um, but you've got a group of mates. You've got a really good group of mates. You may play sport with them. You're in the mm. same team as them. You've got that real collegial thing. You know, you, you basically just take the piss at each other all the time. And if someone upsets you... Give them a whack, or you just or you forget and, about it, and, and it's sort of solved quick. Yeah, and it's it's a real generic boy versus girl thing, but it's been said for all time. Mm. Boys forget things a lot quicker. Mm. You know, if someone does something to you, you either punch it out or you just let it go mm. and you don't worry about it. Um, and I think that actually progresses even further through life. It's not just teenagers and even as adults. It's, it's it's different, but I think that whole element of school is a big thing. I know. For me personally, I think leaving home and going to university was tough. And I, I loved it. I loved university and I eventually I found my feet quite quickly and I was lucky to have done that. But I could totally see how that moving away from mm. something where you're, you're consciously just supported all the time by somebody 
um, just drops out. Mm. Um, and, and, and as you were saying, maybe at that age, it's that starting the thought process of, shit, what am I going to do in my life? Mm. <laughs> what is my expectation? You know, I, it took me, it's still taking me time to work out what I want to do in my life. Oh, I know. You know, I still don't really 100% sure what I actually want to do as a job. My mum's still asking me. Um, <laughs> but, but you know, you, you get asked a lot of that at that stage. And I think so many boys just don't have... And as we know, in some high schools, the inference is is that this is the most important year of your life and it's oh. going to set you up for the, for the rest of yeah. it. And if you don't do well in year 12... You, like for a 16-year-old boy who has just been in the yard kicking the footy for the last you know, 12 years, to all of a sudden be, be told that well, now you've got to perform. Switch on. Show yeah. us all the stuff you've had in the last 10 years. Like, <laughs> Go out there, get on with it. Yeah. Uh, whereas perhaps for a lot of girls, they are thinking about their future earlier. So perhaps there, I mean, maybe there's a that's part of the data is suggesting yeah, there's maybe. a difference too. Having maturing um, psychologically a little earlier means that they have given more thought to, you know, academic future or, or, or just an awareness future. that they're going to have to have a thought. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like it's, it. it's not a new thing. Whereas you know, maybe boys are waking up one one morning and going, "Oh shit, I'm going to be leaving school in six months." I did that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was, I would have been around, I was 17 probably. Yeah. I remember going, you know, we had, we had big uni, um, phase, uh, that we went to with our school at, at sixth form. I went from, through my school and straight into the sixth form college at the school, you know, and they took us to the uni phase where they all tried to sell everything to you. And, uh, you know, I had, I remember coming back and, and being freaked out that evening because so many people within my either my friendship group or people around me had a plan when they got there. Mm. To me, I was just going out on a bus trip from yeah. a day out from school. Yeah, I, I came back and I mean the university I ended up attending. The only reason I picked up their prospectus was because it had a really cool cover. So they did some really good marketing and advertising because it <laughs> looked good. And I, I'll honestly admit that I've, I've you know it took me a long time to admit that to my mother um, that that was why I picked that one up. But I, I had no idea where I was going. Mm. Still don't. No. no. I was 30 before I'd had any kind of plan. Yeah. Or, you know, got to a plan that sort of worked. So the other thing that I found interesting in that was saying that the peak of depressive symptoms is yep. 20. It was about 20. Yep. So that's the point at which you are more li- most likely to be... That's the point at which uh, people are likely to have the most frequent depressive symptoms okay. and then it trends down after do you think after. there's a bit of um big fish small ponds sort of I don't, think, you know, like, yeah, um, I don't think there's any doubt that what you've just been talking about Simon, yeah. in terms of life change mm. which happens you know when you leave school and then get into university or into the workforce or into whatever it is that you're doing that there's i don't think there's any doubt that that is a there's a strong correlation um, between that. I just find it interesting that it did actually it sort of tails off. Yeah. Like I actually think twenty is a very early yeah. age in which you haven't really experienced a lot of the shit you're going to go through in life. I mean, this is a long term study that hasn't yet Those concluded. Probably haven't con- yeah hit their thirties or whatever. Yeah. Now it may we may find that it continues to go up and down. Yeah. over the course of people's mm. lives and that by the time they get to you know 30 it's it's there's it's peaked again and then, you know like we don't know that but um uh, yeah certainly interesting 
Definitely. Yeah, thought-provoking data. Talk to someone. thinking about this for a little while but uh, a story came across my reddit feed that kind of encapsulated my whole thoughts on it there's a, a school district in the u.s that's repackaging their leftover cafeteria food and and sending it home with uh, kids who might need food over the weekends because they're not being provided with it um, yeah yeah through their parents or safety parents or, or whatever and the article I read was very, you know, isn't this remarkable? This is this, this awesome school program. How wonderful this is! It's terrific, and it is. It's a terrific program. Like mm. what, what a, you know, um, whoever has got it organised is, is thoughtful and caring, and and is doing exactly what they should do. But I was just left with this feeling of. I'm pausing for a photo. No, don't no, I've got it because I can't. Oh, no, I don't even just take a photo because I can edit this out. Oh, no, I, I, I was just know. taking take a photo. Take the fucking photo. No, 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 I'll edit it out, but I can't. I can't concentrate okay. on what yeah, I'm saying. I didn't saying. want you to concentrate <laughs> on what I was doing. No, but I can't look at you and now look at the look at the camera and then not be talking about something. So now I've got to pretend to talk about something. Okay, so talk about something. okay sorry. Is it right? My apologies. So school district. So yeah. So yeah. Going go back to where I was, which was about. Um, <laughs> sorry <laughs> the school district was sending him food home yeah because yeah, yeah, about the story yeah, yeah. itself the story like, what a great story it was it is a great story right it's a great story but to me the real story is that there's kids in the US who are going home and not being fed like that's a tragic story this is not a third world country. This is not, you know, it's the, some um, developing country that's going through famine. This is the United States of America. It's supposed to be the gold standard for civilization yeah. in, our, in our culture. Kids are going home. Kids who are going to school every day, they're getting to school and they can't go home and be fed. Like, that's, this is a horrible, horrible story. Yeah. And the thing that, that I realized reading this story is that we are getting this sort of story all the time the um the story of the girl who the the 14 year old girl who has um is going to school and then working two jobs um when she leaves school because um she's got to help her parents um pay for her brother's um medical bills that you know these sorts of stories and it's like well hang on this is great i mean that's true that's tremendous that that young girl has the um fortitude and the, the the willingness to do that sort of stuff but how can we be in a in a, in a society where the parents can't pay for medical bills like yes. it's and i'm seeing this all the time where we're doing this hero worship we're finding we're finding heroes in the tragedy and that's great we should recognize those people but we're glossing over real issues yeah the underlying issue there yeah, yeah. Is, is that an avoidance tactic then within the press or the media or whoever is reporting these stories you think is an intentional avoidance strategy to make us like feel good stories 
so that you feel good about it and you do miss you know because again a lot of people would hear that and go that's amazing well done to that school what it's it's so interesting you say that because i thought i I thought about exactly the same thing this morning right but didn't even think about it like you're thinking about it it's similar how on the news yesterday it was like oh my god Notre Dame is burning down. Oh my God, oh my God, this is a tragedy. This is a this, this is a that. Within 12 hours, it was like two French billionaires have each put in um, uh, one, uh, 300, between them, they put, put in 300 million euros to pay for the repairs to Notre Dame. Right. Which is just phenomenal. When you, and there's that hero in the story. And it's like, well, why, why are they saving a man-made structure to rebuild it when there's plenty of environmental aspects that could have quite easily used $300 million, yeah. uh, $300 million euros, which would be about half a million Australian dollars. There's so many better things to pe- yeah. spend money on, for example, cleaning up the oceans, getting all the plastic out of the ocean. Wouldn't saving the turtles <laughs> or saving the whatevers that aren't man-made, wouldn't that be a better spend of the money? Isn't that a bigger issue? Yeah, but it's about yeah. the spend of the money for those people involved. Yeah, we're looking, again, they're looking like heroes. They're doing the right thing. And I'm not saying that in every situation, but for that example, it's, you know, they get that, exposure of doing the right thing when you just you know and again it's i often bring a lot of our stories around to football i somehow managed to always look it back into football but in the same in the same way there are situations in the uk whereby hundreds and thousands or maybe even hundreds of thousands of families are using food banks Mm. in which to survive for a week Mm. And a lot of clubs have been praised because the players went to the food bank this week and helped serve the food or they donated something towards it and the club has done this. And you're thinking, you are paying probably £200,000 worth a week to one player at a time and a squad of 28, 29, however many, and you're being seen as doing the right thing because you helped out at the right. food bank one afternoon. And we, yeah, exactly, it's just like, how can you be at a point where we're living like it's you probably, end of the world war again? You probably earned more in the three hours standing there than you actually donated. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And it's that thing of, yes, it's all relative in terms of what you give. You know, if you try and give to charity, um, you know, I'm the same. I like to give to charity. I'm not going to give all of my pay to charity because why would I do that I've got to look after myself and so it is relative but but yeah I, I totally agree I look at it from that perspective and go there's there's something bigger going on here than than well done to this football club for supporting the food bank yeah. hang on a second there's people I just think it's very it illustrates how our 24 hour news cycle has changed discussion that we don't really have we don't see long deep discussion in media anymore it's all short sharp events yeah 
and you need to mix up the good things with the bad things. And so we find heroes in tragedy and we make those the good stories and we don't have time to discuss the, the issues at depth. Yeah. I heard a story on the radio the other day about a family whose boat caught fire when they're at sea. This is very different. <laughs> and the main focus, it was on local radio, so you know, there's always a bit tongue-in-cheek with some of the news stuff there. But the main focus of the story was the fact that the couple and their dog had been rescued. I was like, yeah, okay, fair enough. It's important that they had a dog. But the dog got mentioned like six times. And I was like, is this Lassie or something? Like, is it like a famous dog? Has the dog, has the dog handled this? Did the dog start the fire? I don't know. And then the second story, there was another story, like immediately after that one, which is about a woman who had gone missing in one of the local towns and she was missing, had been missing for like 24 hours, but her dog had been found. I was like, is this, is this dog news? I'm like, kind of confused <laughs> now. But what are we supposed to be carrying on? Well, it's good because the dog got found. So yeah. the woman's still missing. She's probably in a creek somewhere. That's right. You've got to find heroes everywhere. Ah, that's it. Dogs, heroes. Yeah. Dogs. So, Pete, yes. are we recording? We are rolling. Are you, are you ready to go straight up? Yes, I can go. Okay. Pete. Um, what's on? I haven't said it yet. <laughs> are we ready? Now I'm just we're chomping going. at the we're bit. We're going, we're going. <laughs> I'm going to ask you something completely different. I'm just off. <laughs> Pete, what's on your playlist? Uh, at the moment, I've just started it, but it's got it's a it's a future playlist. Um, it's called, it's a superhero kind of TV show called The Umbrella Academy. Oh, Have yeah, you guys yeah. heard of it? I've heard, heard a little bit. Yeah, it it kind of comes across to me just from watching the first episode that um, it's a bit like the anti X Men or something like that. This guy on on one particular day of the year, all these kids kind of were born through immaculate conception. Like people just, all these ladies just had babies, yeah. right? There was no pregnancies. There was nothing. They just had these babies and a billionaire or whatever went around, collected them up, took them home, <laughs> bought, bought seven of, got seven of them. There was 50 around the world or something, bought up seven of them as brothers and sisters. And, it, and the story kind of starts 30 years down the track or 20 years. Down right. the track. And so they're all in these different fields now, but they, they call it the yeah so and so they they're coming back at his death so you meet all of the characters right. and all of their idiosyncrasies and there's more to it but I'm not quite sure what it is yet but I think I like the start of it hmm. so the umbrella academy very good hmm. Simon what do you what's on your playlist um I'm gonna go music Ooh. this week which I'm done for a few weeks and it's actually going back not something new it's not a new playlist this is um, rediscovering 
and rediscovering something that has just been a love of mine for many, many, many years. And it's a punk band called Me First and the Gimme Gimmies. Say that again. Me First and the Gimme Gimmies. Me right. First. It's, the name is taken from a children's book. Um, however, they're a punk supergroup. So they, it's five or six of them, and they're an amalgamation of lots of different um, well-known punk groups, NoFX, uh, Lagwagon. Um, as of quite recently, the one of the guitarists from the Foo Fighters is one of the guitarists. So obviously with the um, commitments with all their other bands, they don't do much together, but they're basically a punk rock covers band. Right. So they just do covers. Yeah, all right. Um, very fast loud covers but of things that you wouldn't expect interpretive covers uh no not specifically just the the song yeah done in about two and a half minutes (laughs) (laughs) they they sort of formed out of um uh a karaoke bar in in a way the lead singer's not in any bands he's just a really good singer from the karaoke bar that loads of these boys used to drink in (laughs) and they i think they just went we could actually take this on tour um, so and so each of their albums they've been making albums now for god 1999 that's 20 years I was almost going to say 10 years how yeah. terrible was that um, and they've done seven albums in that time which isn't a great production right yeah, but again but so and they're, they're all themed so the first one they did was called Me First and the Gimme Gimme's Are a Drag and it was about musical theatre so being in drag dressing up as so they did um, Summer of the Rainbow, Don't Cry For Me, Argentina, Rainbow Connection, Phantom of the Opera Song. <laughs> um, and they've done other ones. Then they've done a country album. Um, they've done a 60s album, a 70s album, um, an album of black artists. Um, so things like Hello by Lionel Richie, yeah. End of the Road by Boys to Men, um, I Believe I Can Fly, R. Kelly. <laughs> so I, I need to listen. You have to listen. And it's been a goal in my life to share this band with other people because they're, they're not as well known as they should be. They're brilliant. They're so much fun. I've seen them live two or three times and it's just a piss take. They're normally just hammered when they're on stage. Uh, they introduce every single song by saying, this next one's a cover, which is like obviously an in-joke because they only ever do covers. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're just they're just a great band. When I worked in a music shop way back in the day, 10, 15 years ago, um, we used to take it in turns in the shop to have your to put your music on the on the stereo. Empire and Records. and yeah, 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 basically. And I would I would pick virtually I would pick me first most times because once you've heard them you go, Who's this? What, what is this? This is like I love this song. And things like you know, I believe I can fly. An end of the road by Boys to Men. It's songs that you kind of don't want to admit to liking, but because it's in punk form, you're like, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> but it and they just they have actually recently toured out here, and I missed the tour because we were we weren't in Brisbane on the night that they were here, which was I was disappointed by. But it's just a it's just a great night if you want to go out and watch a thousand other people who love their punk music. Pogo in along to Jolene by Dolly Parton. <laughs> it just couldn't be better. It's, so. it's fun. It's it's kind of strange because today um, I listened to a podcast that went for like nearly two hours, and it was about Tism. Um, do you know? Do you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know Tism. Yeah. yeah, it's an Australian alternative rock 
band, okay. right? And they um, they they were always shrouded in masks and things like that, and they um, that that it was pretty much anonymous. Yeah, who okay. was in the band from the eighties and the nineties, mm. and so today I had a. I had a throwback to Tism yeah, today, okay. and so I was listening to Tism, and some of the some of the music's hilarious. It's, yeah. it's so interesting. Well, I came, I actually I came across it today on the way here this evening because I was I had some cheesy local radio station, and they were playing a song called Dif- a Different Drum. Yeah, a song a different drum. Uh, not by name. Um, and I had to actually I shazammed it because I thought I don't actually know who sings this song, and it, it was done by a band called the Stone Ponies, oh, which was yeah, fronted okay. by Linda Ronstadt. Right. Who then yeah. on went on to further, but I'd never heard that version of the song. I only know the me first yeah. version, and I was like, "Oh, this is cool." I like, love it when that happens. Yeah. There's, um, uh, there's these old uh, Counting Crows bootlegs, and they do covers of all sorts of songs. Yeah. And so I got to know all these songs uh, in that form. In that form, yeah. and then found out ten years later that they're actually covers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was annoyed tonight because this, the band sing it a lot slower than me first. So I'm trying to sing along. I'm like, come on, hurry up a bit. But yeah, well worth a listen. Um, so what was the name again? Me first. Me first. And the Gimme Gimmies. What about you, Chris? Well, mine's not music, but while we're on music, though, when does um, Triple J's Unearth finish? I have no idea. Because uh, Dora Jackson, uh, the Dead Regime's own Dora yeah. Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> Friend of the show. Um, <laughs> name drop his song. <laughs> Uh, away is in Triple J's regular rotation now. Yeah, mm. awesome. That's, that's so good. That's good, because of good your for us support. Because because of the yeah. yeah. Is that the one that you saw at a party yeah. or something? No, no so she was at the Imperial Hotel at your Monday. Right. Yeah, she's doing a little solo thing, and she's yeah, she's killing it. Still killing it. Yeah, and uh, still playing on the Sunshine Coast Soul Bar as a regular, yeah, uh, okay. regular mm. gig. Um, yeah, but I might relink her. Just people can vote that's what we want that's it get voting for vote. it let's, let's get a win vote one let's get her a dad regime t-shirt for when she wins <laughs> <laughs> she's a really good should... idea <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but my playlist is uh, she's a bit like your one Pete about a future one I've started mm. listening to this it's a new podcast it's called Blockbuster right it's really, it's an interesting, interesting topic to me because, of course, it's Star Wars related. It's, Twice it tells the, the story of um, Steven Spielberg and George Lucas's rise to fame through uh, the, the, their pursuit of making blockbusters. Okay. It's told, uh, like it's acted out like an old radio show. So it's... So someone's playing Spielberg. Yes. And someone's playing someone's, Lucas. Yes. And all the other characters in there. So, like, there was, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And do you think that the research has been put in that will actually get their idiosyncrasies as people? I think they're trying. I think they're really trying. The first episode uh, (laughs) has just gone up, and by the time this goes out, that'll be a couple of weeks. So, there'll probably be two or three episodes available by the time people are listening to this. The first episode finishes with about three minutes of one of the actors talking about making it and they're saying that they would they're, they're trying to do that they're trying to get as much information as they can so that they can make it uh they can characterize um their subjects as much as they can but it's just an interesting story so far in terms of how these guys started out together yeah. in this group of young actors with francis ford coppola and these like all these yeah, like okay. guys who then went on to become these you know hugely influential um artists and um, they're just being portrayed as these young guys just 
with these cool ideas and, cool. and wanted to do cool stuff. And so, yeah, so I'm intrigued by the story. I'm hoping that um, it continues to be as good as the first episode was. Can I just add on to that? Just do like a future podcast, another <laughs> another playlist. Cause just because of what we've been talking about, right? Yeah. I found a no. podcast and I think what's happened is I listened to the first episode and the sound quality was really bad. And I think over time, the guys that do this podcast have improved and bought better equipment and put a bit more structure to it. Sounds oddly familiar. Is uh, it called the Dudridge? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Hottest 100s and Thousands. It kind of fit into it. So they pick one a song from the Hottest 100 over the last however many years, and then they do a podcast talking about that song, what the song's about, Oh, all right. The, the 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 band the you know and it's the history of it all. Yeah, all about they so they pick a song and then they talk about the song. So it's that's hottest hundreds hottest and thousands. I, I've only listened to the first episode and it was quite hard to sort of listen to. Sorry guys, but I'm hope. But now they're at season seven, Oof. right? And they've got six seasons and they're about twenty episodes a season. Wow. So well, as we know, we don't give up on podcasts just because they're already no, we shit. don't. But it doesn't necessarily mean you have to go back and listen to the start either. <laughs> no, that's true. <laughs> so, <laughs> there you go. Awesome. All right, cool. That's us. See ya.
get me Go and get me some mushrooms Mama, won't you go and get me Go and get me some mushrooms